no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the 40-yard switch. As always, I am Jasper Woody Woodson. Alongside me is my ever-dependable ever co-host, Wilby Kudelukes. How are Will you, mate? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, going pretty well. It's good. Always a lot of, lot of, I don't know if it's the word, correct word, syllables or a lot of W's to go over in, in that intro, but we always get through it in the end. Yes, we'll be in Woodson. Uh, but yes, uh, it's been another week of Women's Euros football. And what a week it's been. Uh, the quarterfinals have came and gone. Uh, we are recording on a Tuesday, and by the time you hear this, it'll be Wednesday, because we need to get this episode out before the semifinals start, or actually one will have started tomorrow morning, but we want, before two of them started, had already before both of them had happened, essentially, because <laughs> there's only two of them. Um, yeah. So yes, by the time this goes out, uh, England would have played uh, Sweden in the first semifinal. Before we get into the semifinals, let's get uh, across what's happened in the quarterfinals. So, the first one. Absolute what? classic game yeah. in English football. Huge. <laughs> so, the first one, uh, let's, I'll just kick us off with, with one sentence that just says, England uh, a bit dicey, but get by against Spain. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it was, it was obviously a very exciting end to the match for England. Um, with with a few like a late goal with Elatoon and and obviously Stanway's goal in extra time, but yeah, they definitely made it hard for themselves and they didn't really get into the game until they went down one nil and even and before yeah so before that they they created very very little and went to the pump yeah and it's just I I, I don't want to say classic like England in general but in terms of like you know not coming out of the gate, gate firing but it's just sort of like classic sort of team at home in in front of a home tournament crowd yeah true. just feeling the pressure a little bit to begin with i feel like but i think the way they responded was was really good and not very classic england yeah I no say. but I, I, yeah definitely the way they responded but i think just sort of the, the nervy beginnings of a old oh, grap were in the final stages now of a home euro tournament yeah but then obviously once they go behind it's like okay that's really kicks into gear. You know, you know. What I think classic England is where you you go into a game and you probably should win, and you feel like you do win, and then you get you will win, and then you get to about seventy minutes and nothing's happened, and then you start going. Yeah. And I yeah. think all the players do the same thing where it's like, oh shit, it might not happen, but we really should win. But anyway, that obviously didn't happen in in, yeah. in this case. <laughs> but yeah, no. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Um, Spain definitely had had us on the ropes a little bit especially down down our left their right Rachel Daly Rachel Daly had a tough day at the office got substituted um, yeah after being after falling uh, falling over a couple of times um, as the commentator said yeah never an image you want to see twice as a fullback but um, yeah but yeah uh, obviously Spain very technically gifted players but um, yeah I think the, the fight back that England showed is something that, we'll, that they will need over the next one potentially two games and it also good to see uh players like elatoon um who maybe didn't start in the first one or two games showing that there's depth in this england squad not just the starting 11 
Yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah, Ellen White almost equaled Wayne Rooney's record in the first half, and then you're able to take someone as good as Ellen White on and bring um, Russo on, who got the assist for for the equaliser. So yeah, definitely shows good depth that, that they'll definitely need. Yeah, and I thought Stanway, who's impressed me pretty much since the first game, um, finally getting on the action was was I think oh, she scored a penalty, but you know. What a way to score your first open play goal in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Um, yeah, and the e- the equaliser obviously wasn't as, as well sort of... It wasn't as much of a spectacle as Stanway's goal, but it was it, it was mm. it was well earned. Do you reckon that was a simple uh, she just wanted it more? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, the build-up before that goal as well was actually quite nicely worked, but yeah. in the end, she just wanted it more. Yeah, she just wanted yeah. more. Um, so England, yeah, get uh, Spain. I, I again, it's it's a lot of if buts and maybes, but um, you, you do wonder if Spain had a full team, how far they may have gone if this game might have might have been different. But alas, that's not what happened, and England go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spain obviously performing very well, given the given their outs mm. for sure. Um, next, we have uh, the next quarterfinal, which was the one sentence I've got to sum up this game is Germany edge, part, edge past Austria, who did put up a good fight. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think I think Germany were were the better team, just but um, in in the end they did get kind of lucky um, with with two mistakes from Zinsberger, who was who had been really really good in the. In the group stage, as we were speaking about last week, um, but yeah, a- apart from that, they were actually pretty wasteful and not like as clinical as they usually are. Yeah, I was I was wondering, like Germany, we were all really like impressed with how good Germany were in the group stage, and like you know, uh, even Carrot last weekend, last, last episode, saying that, she, that they were her favorite to win the whole thing. I know Austria have looked decent so far this tournament, good in fact, not just just decent, but. Germany underwhelmed me a little bit in this game. Like it's not like they were still good and they won the game, but and they kept a clean sheet. But I don't know. I, I, I maybe I'd built them up in my head to like storm home in this game, and they didn't quite. Yeah, I think they definitely created enough, and then just weren't clinical, as I said before. But they they, they gave up a few chances to Austria as well. And I think Austria, the main thing with them was that they've been quite solid at the back. Yeah, hadn't created. Didn't score that many goals in, in in the group stage, really. But they opened Germany up two or three times and probably ex- gave Germany one of their bigger tests for sure. Yeah, and especially considering who Germany play in the semis, which we'll get onto later. Those type of if Austria, a low scoring nation, were able to exploit those things, then a team like France could yeah. do even more. Um, but yeah, uh, in the end. I guess not much. Germany in, in the end, they just they 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 went about their business. They they did what they had to do, and they're through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a real shame for uh, for Zinsberger. Yeah. But also, quick shout out: Carrot got shocker. the score and both the scorers dead on in yeah. this game. So, wait, hang on though. <laughs> did she say something about scoring with her head? Maybe she just said Pop and McGill were two 0 but I don't know if she's. Yeah. I think maybe she said Pop was going to score with her head. Yeah, she didn't. yeah. Did she didn't? No, she didn't. Okay. Well. <laughs> Sorry. 90 percent <laughs> <90%, 90%, 90% laughs> credit. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. We've got the third quarterfinal, which was uh, my note is Sweden get the winner late in a game that they dominated over Belgium, which is yeah, like 
it's pretty like like one nil probably flatters Belgium a little bit. They defended well, but yeah, I th- I think yeah the 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 two main things were that. Uh, yeah, Sweden scored with their thirty-third shot on target in ninety minutes, which is crazy. <laughs> and yeah, Everard finally got beaten when she was lying on the floor after just saving it, saving it from a corner where she literally couldn't do anything else to help the team. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Do Do you think Everard's a shout for gold for for Golden Glove, even if even though she's knocked out at this stage? Wait, is Golden Glove based on saves made, or is it just like? I'm pretty sure it's keeper, keeper of the tournament because in the medal, in, the, in, the, in the men's zeros, it wasn't based on clean sheets. Okay, true. Yeah, but yeah, potentially, potentially. What What are your thoughts? I I can't think of other keepers who have been as good. Well, but like again, we, I, like yeah. we were talking about off air before, I don't think the France keeper, the Germany keeper, or the Sweden keeper were really tested at all. Uh in the in the quarterfinals, Mary Earps was all right but again like Mary Oaks has been good but I also don't think in the group stage she was really troubled at all yeah so um yeah at the moment it would be if if if, if both the teams if Belgium and the, the Netherlands had made it through I would have said it would be between Van Domselaar and um what's the I can believe Ev- Everard, Everard I completely forgot her name um but yeah they're both out now so it's like yeah I know what you mean there's no keeper on like a big sort of tournament favorite team that is really sticks out as being yeah. really that good maybe they will in the like latter stages but like yeah right now the... i forget the name of sweden's go- uh goalkeeper but i think she's been okay I yeah think she's been pretty i mean so has mary Earps, to be fair yeah but just you, like you haven't had it i guess maybe because they haven't been tested to a point where you've been like wow yeah that's the thing yeah maybe it's more command it's more commendable from the back fours of the of the in front of the keepers that they haven't conceded so many shots yeah, I I just think that there's yeah that there's plenty more to play out at the tournament to sort of decide it. I think yeah, Cause it, and if like most of them have come out of the group stage with very few goals conceded. Yeah, like, like Mary Earps. So, uh, on Belgium, while the, I do think they've had a, a pretty good tournament overall, uh, and like they did well to hold off Sweden as long as they did, albeit with some incredible keeping from Everard. They were a, a cup below Sweden, if I'm honest. Watching that game back, I was just like, like I never once thought Belgium were going to win. I think they had, like, I can remember one highlight they had going forward. They like, had three shots. They had three shots total. So Sweden had, yeah, yeah, eleven times more shots. Yeah. Effective. So like commend, commendable performance to hold them, hold them out for as long as they did, but. I feel like it was a net. Like when 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 you when they scored, I like you know it's the type of like and it's been coming type of thing. It's been coming for ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I think, I think probably them them and Austria of of the teams who made the quarterfinals were the ones that potentially weren't kind of snuck in, and, yeah. and you always thought that they didn't really have a great chance in the quarterfinals. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but comm- both. But yeah, but they both performed very well. They did, yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, Sweden Sweden go through, and oh, oh, while I didn't, while they, I, I don't know if they call them wasteful in this game, to a point maybe. But this is very good keeping. Yeah, a little bit. They also had a, a VAR goal uh, disallowed for offside. Did you it see was that? Very. Which I I don't know. It was yeah. one of those lines ones where, where it's like, like so far out the pitch, the camera's not in line with it, so you yeah. can never really tell. Yeah. yeah. 
And like by the the marks on the grass, it looks kind of like mm. like the, anyway. Uh, anyway. I, I wasn't convinced, and I wasn't happy. with Neither it. was I. <laughs> um, all right. So, let, lastly, the um, fourth quarterfinal. I have a wasteful France need extra time to win one 0 over Netherlands in a game they should have put to bed inside the ninety minutes. Would you agree? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think yeah. I think it actually is a little bit concerning for France that they weren't able to score from open play in this game. Like. Mm. They just they just should have been able to, and especially going into the semi final against better opposition or yeah. more informed opposition. Anyway, I thought that they had two goals cleared off the line by Netherlands players, and at least one of them, potentially both of them. I'm like, you had enough time there to put that not where the player on the line was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and like that's the type of wastefulness we're talking about. It's like. It's like, and then then there was like obviously missing headers completely away from the goal and stuff. Um, but yeah, there was there was three or four chances where it's like you had ample opportunity to avoid a player or just get it on target, and you didn't. Yeah, and like they can't be that wasteful against Germany. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I, I remember the one the one that got cleared off the line was um, Katoto's replacement, and just like you have to score that. Like that wasn't she didn't stretch to save it; just literally hit yeah, her just hit her the in line. the knees. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were very wasteful, but yeah, obviously, uh, it's Van Domsela, right? Yeah, yeah, she she had a decent game and pulled yeah. off some big saves towards, towards down the, the stretch. End. Yeah, um, Netherlands, we uh, we did kind of see it coming. Carrot said last week that their defensive frailties were probably going to get outshone. We said that uh, going forward they were going to cause that Netherlands defense a lot of problems just because they've got so many different avenues to go. And we also commented about Vivian Miedema coming back from COVID. She started this game. I'm not sure if it was a lack of service or if it was she was off the pace. But it was probably a bit of both. Never really got a look in. Yeah, she just didn't didn't really get involved. And I think I remember her having one shot from a corner that she kind of skied. It was a hard hard chance to be fair. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah, it's like it was it was it was just like one of those. Cock, like a, a a bad cocktail of everything that could have got everything that was a potentially a problem for the Netherlands being a problem. Yeah, I think they've had a very very tough run at it this tournament. Yeah, and did decently well to to to, to get as much as they did yeah. out of it. Because obviously, I didn't even realize until I watched the game that um, Lika Martins. That's right. Yeah, as well. Yeah. After was it COVID? No injury to her foot. I think. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just there's really not much you can do. Not much you can do, but like you know, it's very hard to go back to back. So almost impossible, in fact. Only 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 team in the modern era, men's or women's, I've seen do it was oh obviously there was Germany that did it back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, in the women's, (laughs) but in the in the in the men's, uh, it's only happened once, and that was Spain um, back in 08 and 012 and 012 and 12. so yeah, it's it's very incredibly tough to do, and you need, kind of need a lot of things to go your way. Um, and yeah, it didn't go that way this time. Yeah. But yeah, some some very good quarterfinals. Yeah. Very good. Although I think initially with our uh, score predictions, we potentially didn't factor in that once it gets to like knockout stage stuff, teams it tends to be a lot more cagey. Like we were going like I remember I was saying like four two for the England no. game and three one for the Germany game and it was just like yeah my predictions were well. actually to be fair though I said the um, 
the France Netherlands game will be decided on penalties. Oh, uh, well, almost right. Relatively right. Well, it was a penalty. It was a penalty. Yeah, <laughs> it was decided on penalty. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I think for sure I was predicting way more goals. Yeah, so we might keep that in mind for what we're about to get into, which is the semi-finals. Uh, so uh, as we've already hinted at, uh, England will be playing Sweden uh, overnight. So this game will be. I did this last episode. <laughs> yes, this game will have been played by the time this podcast comes out. So what? <laughs> Uh, yes, so so what I've got initially is Sweden potentially are still missing players through COVID that they didn't have. Um, they might be back, they might not be. I don't know when those players test positive for COVID. This was like a week ago when some of their players were testing positive. So they may be fine. Um, but then also I've got that uh, Sweden had, in my opinion, an easier quarterfinal than England uh, and probably haven't faced a team... Like maybe Netherlands week, maybe Netherlands in the first game of the season, in the first game of the tournament. But even that Netherlands team didn't have a defense as, as good as England's. So this will be the toughest test, obviously, because it's latter latter stages of the tournament. But the toughest test that Sweden has faced, and England also had a harder team in the quarterfinal to get them ready for a game like this. Will that potentially be a factor? I I reckon for sure. I I reckon. Remember a few a few times just just watching Sweden, they've just been kind of wasteful, um, and then yeah, they, they had to be fair, no nowhere near as much of a test as England had at, at the quarterfinal stage, like like you just said, and I think England are going to be far more prepared, and yeah, have 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 had a bigger stress test for sure. Mm. But in saying that, who knows? Sweden could just rock up and and start finishing all their chances and yeah. make it very hard for England as well. Given that England, yeah, really didn't show up to the mm. Spain game until like 70 minutes into the game. Also, uh, one thing I've also thought about is um, Sweden also quite a tall team. So potentially from set pieces that could pose an issue. We do have quite tall defenders, but... Sorry. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> the rest of our team is relatively short if you look at the, the front six. True. Ellen White. Ellen, Ellen White, sorry, Ellen yeah. White. But yeah, I mean like... Uh, Kirby, Hemp, uh, Mead, Stanway, Walsh—all not the tallest. Then you got Williamson and White, and I don't think Eng- England haven't conceded from a set piece, though, have they? No, they haven't. No. But that- well, well, they've only conceded one goal against Spain. Yeah, so yeah. that was from was that from not from a set piece? No, oh, it was from no. a yeah, yeah, it's from a break. Um, so yeah, that, that was that was the only sort of really potential headache I could see is Sweden being a bit taller and they are obviously a good team as well but it's hard because I feel like Sweden and England similarly to Germany as well all three of those teams set up fairly similarly like they play a fairly similar style it's all very well drilled it's all very pragmatic there's a bit of pace involved but there's not a whole lot of like there's like a bit of free flowingness to it, but it's all sort of very well drilled. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I feel like Aslani's similar to basically any of England's wingers, and then you've got Black Senia similar to to Ellen White, kind of the big Tellers woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, d- definitely similar styles. I I just I just think it's 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 hard to see. It's hard to see it all coming together for for Sweden at, at this point in the tournament when they haven't really shown it prior. Yeah, yeah. Apart from the Portugal game, but 
that was yeah I, I, I don't know it's, then, it's again, still like, not the biggest but, test they, they had the Portugal like, game the and we had the Norway game you know what I mean like yeah so True. yeah for me for me like I, I again I mean, maybe this is my bias a little bit but from what I've watched I would say it's it's definitely it's it, like definitely the biggest like it'll be a much closer game than you know either of um well maybe not either than the Spain game but then definitely a much closer game than Sweden had in their quarterfinal in terms of the comparing it to the to the Spain game it'll probably be, it'll be a tougher test than that but something about tougher than England's game with Spain yeah true uh so, something about you don't know I don't think I reckon so. it'll be a little bit tougher. I think just just um, just for the simple fact that Sweden, I don't know, historically, like in the past few years, have been a better team. Uh, but I think what it may come down to is um, just wing play. I think that a black steadius and Ellen White, very good going through the middle, but have sort of maybe not they're nowhere near as dynamic as the yeah, wing players as the wing players yeah. but yeah then so you've got Aslani but she's a little older not quite as dynamic as Beth Mead not quite as dynamic as Lauren Hemp uh, and then also who does Sweden have coming off the bench like a Ella Toon um, or a Alessia Russo in that second half or extra time if it goes there I reckon Aslani is definitely up there with with any of the any of the wingers England have but They've just got one of her. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Aslani has been class all tournament. I uh, no, I think she's good. I just, I just don't think she is maybe because because she's because she's a bit older now. Maybe not. Maybe not. Doesn't quite has lost a step compared to someone like Beth Mead, or like just in terms of like pace. But I think she has, on the ball. I don't skillful, know. I reckon skillful. I've seen her rip players most all tournament. But yeah, I, yeah. I I just I just reckon that England just are spoiled a bit more in terms of talent. Yeah, yeah. So. How do we see this one going then? After everything, I think I'm. Fi- this is the first game I'm going to call going to extra time. I won't say penalties again. <laughs> what's What's your score prediction? Uh, I'm gonna go two one again to England. I think it. I think England might score first this time, but then might get a little bit nervy. So let Sweden back in a little bit, and then extra time it'll be decided yeah and I think it'll be a substitute that scores the winner big call <laughs> and Ella Toon alright maybe um, I get the feeling that there's going to be goals in it <laughs> oh yeah um, I'm going to say 2 all in 90 and then 3-2 to England obviously <laughs> alright even though we've just said that, you know, <laughs> we've over-predicted goals. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> if, it's, if, you, if, you, if you're right, you'll look, you'll look like a prophet. Um, all right, moving on to France-Germany. Uh, so, this is this is, a, this this is, a, is the biggest. Yeah, this is a, and this is also a clash of styles, which, um, unlike the Sweden-England game, makes it... I don't know if it makes it easier to predict, but maybe sort of it's it's less hard to sort of see how the teams match up because you can be like on one hand there's this pragmatic well-drilled uh team like germany and then you got, and you got this free-flowing fast skillful flair based france team 
So it's it's more it sort of pays into which style do you think is going to work against the other better? Prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just think it's hard to go past France. I just think they they just like we talked about just before England uh, sort of sport with talent compared to to Sweden. France, I think, have the by far the most talented squad. Attacking wise, or all At- yeah, attacking wise, okay, yeah. all across the pitch. No, nah, attacking wise, attacking wise. Sorry, I just think yeah, they've got they've got um. Diani? Yeah, Diani, Gioro, Cas- Cascarino, Cascarino, I think yeah. it is. She was really good in the quarterfinal, yeah. Um, obviously, they lost their striker, but the the one who replaced her, I, I can't remember her name, but we did speak about her being a little bit wasteful, but she also gets herself in good positions and maybe, you know, she's just kind of come in as, as the replacement. Maybe yeah. she's just kind of finding her feet. Also, um, the left back that France had as well was also really good. I'm trying to get this quickly get this up uh <laughs> bear with us but i just think yeah in terms of attacking talent they're just like yeah i don't think there's anyone who really matches them yeah i mean diani again was unreal and she did she won the penalty right um diani yeah yeah diani is just amazing yeah <laughs> incredible um so oh Pe- perise yeah, Perisay scored the penalty. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's the right back, but um, Karashuai, Kara, I think, is the, the left back as well. Yeah. Who was bombing up and down very good as well. So, like, yeah, they're, they're just their wingers from, from defense all the way to, um, like, the front three is, is, is very good. And obviously, Grace Gayoro as a midfielder getting forward is as common as anyone. Uh, and then, yeah, like, one thing that I hadn't really paid much attention to in the group stage... Uh, and then I only we only really talked about her because she missed a penalty. Is how bloody tall Renard is at she the back. Win, literally, if you watch every corner that France have attacking, yeah. she wins every header. Yeah, and the <laughs> only time the Netherlands got a header that was like uh, close to being on target is when they like went all the way over her to like the very back post, and Netherlands was a very tame effort towards the keeper. Yeah, like you got to like seriously get kick the ball like away from the danger area to even get it on the head. So yeah, she's awesome. She yeah yeah ridiculous in the air yeah and considering like germany like well pop is known for being very good with her head and like how she goes up against renard as well like that'll be a very interesting matchup um how do we think germany offensively will deal like with you know with lax carabool um magul pop against that back four which is obviously we've already seen their fullbacks as france's fullbacks are very uh, athletic um, and obviously the 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 huge tor- the, the huge tower that is Renard. I kind I, I kind of don't feel like Germany. I, I think Germany will score. I, I don't think they're going to struggle too much scoring against um, against that that um, French defense. But yeah. I just think that the France will outscore them on the day. How, how do you think? I th- I think they have the 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 possibility to, but what I've gotten down in my notes here is that France cannot afford to be that wasteful again like they were in the quarterfinal. Yeah, exactly. Like if if they're if they're if if, if like if they don't convert, it's not gonna be like the Netherlands game where like the Netherlands just couldn't even get it up to their striker. Like Germany like you just said, Germany will will score one, maybe two even. Uh and it's so it's about when France get there, get Diani in the box, get um, what's her name? Fuck, 
I just literally just saw it before. Uh, Cascarino in the bunch. Get Malad in the bunks. Uh, in the box. Uh, it's like, can these? Can they find the right finish? Can they find the right pass even to to put to put their uh, player in the in the right position to score? Yeah. And if they can do that, then yeah, I I can I see them winning as well. But it's just it's just more of a like that France were also that wasteful against Iceland in the last game of the group stage as well. So it's two games in a row now. So I'm a little concerned about that. But I do think yeah, like they have they the France have the best attacking force in it left in the Euros at the moment. Yeah, it'll it'll also be interesting as well to see how France go against like. Germany's press as well like Mm. Germany on two occasions now have made quite good keepers look pretty silly um when when they try and play out from the back because of their because their intense kind of high press Mm. so it'd be interesting to see how France go with that because I don't think they will have come across that had any issues with that because they push teams so far back yeah and because of their attack if you look at the teams they face in the group stage Italy Belgium Iceland none of them would have pressed very high and you look at the quarterfinal they had against it a Netherlands who was led by a COVID-stricken Vivian Miedemar. Yeah. Like they wouldn't, like Netherlands gave them plenty of time on the ball. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be a very different style. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess predictions. <laughs> Here we go. Um, weirdly enough, I know we've just t- talked a lot about how we, we, we think there's going to be lots of goals in this game. <laughs> I'm going to call one all and France win on penalties. <laughs> France and penalties, nice. This is the first game that will go to penalties, I reckon. I'm going to say 3-1 to France. Ooh, big upset. In um, Upset. <laughs> well, I think Germany is the odds-on favourite, no? Are they? I think so. True. Um, no, I, I reckon France are better, but um, uh, yeah, I reckon they'll do it in extra time though. One all in the ninety. Then they blow them away. And they, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I don't know. For some, I don't know why I've I've picked that, but I've just, I've just I just feel like everyone's probably predicting lots of goals in this game, and then it would just be just typical for the game to be like a really cagey one all, and then yeah, penalties. I think yeah, it, it'll be very intense, and that's why probably ninety or one all in the ninety. But I just think yeah, just. The pace of those French attackers yeah. will run them over in the in the extra time. I like it. I like it. All right, now let's look at the quickly look at uh, the possible finals matchups and how they would go if they met in the final. We're not going to dilly- scenario one. <laughs> We're not going to dilly dally too long on this. <laughs> too long on this, uh, just because it will be here forever. But uh, England versus Germany, we've will be the first potential one. Um, I reckon England will win this. No, shocker. <laughs> uh, okay, let's establish the fact that in every scenario, England win the Euros. <laughs> uh, I reckon I, I, one of the other ones that I actually think we might not, I don't reckon we beat France, but I reckon we beat Germany. Okay, right. Yeah. I'm going to say that we, that we win both of those scenarios. Okay, yeah. Um, Sweden, France, <laughs> then. I've just got to keep the... Sweden, France, then. How would you see that going? I reckon France wins that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely see France winning that, yeah. Sweden, Germany, on the other hand, I see Germany winning that. Okay. Mm, what are your thoughts? I mean, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to see Sweden beating Germany if, yeah. if they get into the final, I reckon. 
Obviously, obviously, we're doing this, by the way, for anyone wondering, it's because by the time we record our next episode, the final would have already happened because uh, it's on Monday. Um, so yeah, let's quickly go through. I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you my score predictions for all four potential finals and Will will give you his and then we'll move on. So England versus Germany, I think England wins 2-1. Sweden versus France, I think France wins uh, 3-1. Uh, England versus France, I think France wins 2-1 in extra time. Uh, Sweden versus Germany, I think Germany wins 2-1. These are some quick-fire predictions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, England versus Germany. I think Germ- uh, England win on penalties. 1-0. One 1-0 all, one yeah. all, all in normal time. Yeah. I mean, an extra time. England versus France. I think England win... Uh, do I? Now it comes down to it. It's, it's hard to see... <laughs> And After everything we've table. just said as yeah. well. Nah, I'm going to stick with it. England 2-1 in, in extra time. They find a way. <laughs> it's coming home. Um, <clears throat> Sweden versus France. France 3-1. Yeah. Uh, Sweden versus Germany. Germany 2-1. Nice. All right. Cool. You heard it here first, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, so that's that's um, the last we'll talk about the women's Euro essentially until we're uh, reacting to the winners of it. Uh, so yeah, exciting times ahead. There's uh, less than a week left of the of the tournament, and it's been a, what a tournament it's been. It's gone past in a blink of an eye. It's been a great tournament. I feel like I feel like I've we've learned a lot. I do feel like we've learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to watch the the WSL next yeah, next year um, sure. or this year. Uh, all right, so now we're going to move on to a brief little men's transfers thing, and then we've got uh, two little fun bits to round out the episode later. <laughs> two fun bits. Yeah. Okay, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, so with men's transfers, there hasn't been a whole lot going on uh, in the past week, but um, most notably, West. I'm going to say West Ham is probably the most notable one. Yeah. Oh, no, Jesse Lingard, actually, probably. Jesse Lingard has signed a contract with Nottingham Forest, beating out West Ham. West Ham? West Ham. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but in more, what's more interesting than the fact that Nottingham Forest beat out West Ham for a, uh, for a player is that they are paying Lingard £180,000 a week. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when we were speaking about this, I think we were both equally shocked. I spoke to a few other people about it and they're kind of like... Yeah, like that's that's fine. I feel like what? Yeah, I just spoke to Mel and Tim about it, and they were like, "Yeah, he'll he'll be good for them, though." I don't know about Mel and Tim's opinions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it's. it's I think he'll be good. It's, for it's a lot of money um, for a player who has gone missing a lot. And sure, when he went to West Ham, he did didn't go missing, but. That's six, th- that's six months of football. It's going to be a lot harder at Nottingham Forest, I think. And yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's 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 when you give players these big money contracts, it's just a recipe. Like like it's it, like I feel like it's way less risk than giving players like prove it deals. Like if they give him like, we'll sign you for two years on this much with the option of a third year and that third year if you impress will be like double what you're earning fair enough 
Yeah. Things are structured, like deals are structured. This maybe not so common in the Premier League, but in American sports, deals deals are like backloaded. So like there'll be like a four or five year contract where the first two years will be like worth not much, but the back end of it is like way more. Yeah. So it gives teams insurance if they're a total bust first two seasons, they can trade them or get rid of them or cut them or whatever. Um, and then, but uh, and then if they're good, then they just get all this money. Mm. Uh, yeah, but like, but, but like to be fair, Jesse Lingard has shown for a team that is outside the top six, like a West Ham, and I guess even more, he'll be even more of a prom- prominent figure in the Nottingham Forest lineup that he can do the job. He can do the job very well. So m- maybe it. It works out well for him, and I hope it does because I want to see Nottingham Forest stay in the league. But it's a big risk offering, like they're breaking the bank for their wage bill to, to sign him. Like he's got to be like almost double on whatever. Well, the next best player is on. Yeah, but maybe that's you know, maybe that's something that they can afford to do because they have a low wage bill. And yeah, I I I think the 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 caveat for me is that they do have a very a very good manager who's very highly respected and did quite a lot with quite little uh, last year in the championship in, in a short amount of time as well. So Yeah, it took him from what was like relegation places to playoffs, like crazy. Yeah. So I think Yeah, that that's why you have a bit of hope that it would that, that it might work. Um but yeah, I, I suppose we'll see. It's it's a lot of money. Mm. And I do think that the West Ham situation I don't know. I'm not sure how well it translates to, to Nottingham Forest. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, next, speaking of West Ham, we're, we've got West Ham after not missing out on uh, um, Armando Breuer. Is that how you say his first name? Yeah. Armando Breuer, who Thomas Tuchel has right. decided he wants to keep him at Chelsea. Uh, they have now moved on to signing Gianluca Samaka <laughs> from where? Swasulo. <laughs> yep, there you go. Sassulo. Sassulo. <laughs> Uh, 33 million euros, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, something like something that. Like I that. think he scored... I can't find it. He, I think it was like 16 goals in Serie A last year. He was briefly... 23 fl- years. The ago. idea of him as a striking striker option was briefly uh, circled around Arsenal Reddit when it was there was like a brief inkling that um, we'd struggle to get Gabriel Jesus, which was obviously pretty quickly put to bed once we'd signed Gabriel Jesus. Um... <laughs> Yeah. So, it, I feel like if you get, if you've attracted the interest of a uh, of you know some top some top clubs around England, then West Ham is is a, is a, is a, is a, is, a, is a pretty good falling spot, and maybe he'll be good. I am hesitant on strikers coming out of the city R though. True. Uh, in recent memory, um, uh, what's it, the guy who plays for? Napoli? No, not Napoli. Um, Lazio. Immobile. Oh, Immobile, yeah. Didn't translate well in another league, uh, even last season. Lukaku didn't translate well from coming from the City. I know there's other factors outside that. Uh, but yeah, just recently, I no, don't I, remember... I, I agree with the Lukaku one. Yeah, no. I don't remember many strikers coming in the recent last 10 years coming out of... Not even coming to the Premier League, just coming out of the City and doing well. Shevchenko? classic one that's a classic one but that's more than 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a classic it is a classic one um but yeah like yeah look i just i i'm hesitant to like I, maybe he'll be good and like west ham have been pretty pretty damn good with their transfer business in recent years 
but yeah, I, I don't know. Like history, recent history shows me that strikers coming from the Italian league to other to another top five league that isn't the French league. Uh, so La Liga, EPL, or the Bundesliga don't tend to do so well. I just think that yeah, these days strikers are so hard to come by that there's no middle ground. Like, so he he signed for thirty six million euros with six six million in add-ons. Mm. I feel like I don't know for, for for what West for where West Ham potentially want to go with 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 this signing. I just feel like there's there's no middle ground with strikers. You're either worth because they're such a high premium. They're either worth a lot more, um, or or they're just or they're just no good. Yeah. I feel. So they're essentially signing Samaka for with, after the add-ons. Are, the same as Jesus. Like, yeah, three million yes less than Jesus. So we'll see how well that turns out yeah. for them. And I think if I just I just, I just think. If there's a decent striker who's gonna score you like twenty goals in the Premier League, yeah, they're not gonna go to West Ham. Yeah, yeah, but like West Ham had to get someone because Mikel Antonio showed that he was running out of legs toward the end of last season. But I don't, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's it's it is a lot of money for yeah. for a risk. Yeah, and that, that no one else was interested in. Yeah, well, Arsenal were interested. But, yeah. like, it was like, it was like, well, I'm not sure Arsenal were. Arsenal Reddit was interested. <laughs> True, no serious interest. Yeah, so yeah, like. You know, if if you're decent and you're worth it, you know, there's United or, you know, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Although United seem to be holding out for hope that Cristiano Ronaldo is going to commit to the project. Yeah, apparently he's back in Manchester. Yeah, now. we'll see how that goes. Um, so that's the only big ones. Oh, I mean, there's there's a, there's a few sort of like whatever ones, like Danny Alves went to Mexico and a few other things like that, but like not of any much interest to me. Brielle Mbolo went to Monaco and a few other things like that. Um, but, that's, that's been relatively quiet. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, the big deal, Haaland got done early. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, that thing that must mean it's time for Willby's whispers. Willby's whispers. Willby's whispers. Welcome back to Willby's whispers. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's only actually one <laughs> to speak about, and it is a whisper. So obviously, um, Jules Kounde was was penciled in at um, at Chelsea and was. Probably beginning, probably going to be getting quite a big wage, but apparently now he's accepted um, Barcelona's personal terms, um, and would prefer to go to Barcelona than he would uh, to go to Chelsea. Um, he obviously already plays in Spain, so yeah. But again, I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, like, like let's see which sixth level basement chest that. Barca somehow managed to find a key for that has 40 million euros lying around in it. Yeah. Well, money could be coming from Manchester. Huh? I, 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 reckon, I reckon they have to sell De Jong. Oh, uh, yeah. I reckon they have to sell De Jong. Yeah. And I reckon they've already made that. I, I couldn't find the Xavi quote, but I, there was a Xavi quote recently sort of indicating it. I, I think I've already said it before in, um, in the podcast a couple of weeks ago. But like, never before in my life have I seen a player dragged this, dragged kicking and screaming this much to a club they don't want to go to. Yeah, like it's crazy. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah, like I know he wants it. If he well, if he does go, once he get there, he'll be professional. But like, he, you can just tell he does not want to go. Yeah, yeah. I think think as part of it now is because the Barcelona are actually building 
a really quite a good squad yeah and, and you want to be involved in that but i i really do think that surely they have to make one they have to sell someone yeah given their financial situation and interesting that choosing to sell him though like surely they could have offloaded some other pieces like yeah. memphis to pie someone else <laughs> they might yet still get rid of her i've heard some whispers oh yeah <laughs> about memphis to pie can, um, I just, can I add a... To wo- Tottenham and Everton. Can I add a Woody's whisper? You can add Yeah, it. so... Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Hijacking. Um, so, uh, I mentioned it briefly off air, but uh, Arsenal are still in the market for a right-wing uh, player, not just to be depth, but to compete with Saka, because obviously they, don't want, they want Saka to get complacent at that right-wing spot. Um, I think it'll require uh, Pepe probably to leave for this to happen. But uh, they are potentially interested in uh, Cody Gakpo from uh, PSV Eidenhorden. Um He's 23, I think, and yeah, impressed last season. I don't know too much about him, but there was definitely there was there was whispers among Arsenal Reddit of him at the end of last season, and they're still here now. So interesting. I don't necessarily think we need. I, I'd rather I sign another centre midfielder before we sign a right winger. But hey, I try. I, Edu's Edu's knocked it out of the park so far. Uh, this window, so um, this window. Uh, uh, so I'll trust him. Sounds like an interesting whisper. Um, yeah, I, 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 I suppose there's one more whisper around Everton. I mean, there's there's not much going on over there, <laughs> but apparently, um, apparently, uh. <laughs> Andre, Andre Gomez is is for sale and he hasn't featured any any of Everton's preseason oh, yeah. good matches so far. So. See you later. So that's good. Also on Tim and Mel, they said he's quite good. Andre Gomez said Tim and Mel's quite. Good. Wait, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Tim and Mel said Andre. <laughs> Andre Gomez reckons Tim's pretty good. Yeah, well, that's what that's why that's what I mean about trusting Tim and Mel's opinions. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, just just one more. T- uh, just briefly, I, I couldn't find this Jabby quote, but it was something along the lines of. I rate Frankie, but there's financial fair play involved, uh, and and then apparently I can apparently <laughs> <laughs> the end of the quote was I can um, I can see him playing centre back or something like that, which is just bizarre. Frankie the Young playing centre back, yeah, probably all five foot, all five foot eight of him, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the whispers. Yeah. Uh, all right, so moving on to two little uh, fun bits to round us out as we hit the just over the 45-minute mark. So first things first, uh, as we, can't, we won't really have time to do this in our next week in our bumper 2022-23 uh, Premier League season preview, we are going to do our, our um, Love Island 11. So me and Wilbur, I've been watching a lot of Love Island and Wilbur's been watching a little bit with me from time to time. Uh, and we've also talked about some of the players on this list in the past just sort of being like they're really you know typical like lads lads very kind of like you know they got the tats they got this, this sort of quote unquote swag holiday and Ibiza yeah they're very like Ibiza rocks type of you know people so we've got uh, a Premier League Love Island 11 um, Love Island FC virtually everyone is English except for like this season's Love Island, with Davide being Italian, we've got one player who isn't English, uh, which we'll get on to in a second. Basically Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, Italian adjacent. All right. How, how are we doing this? Um, 
Just go both player. Okay. So in goal, we've got the one uh, non-English player, which is uh, Robert Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, th- this one This one was the one that we struggled with the most. Yeah. Cause we, we tried to find... All the English keepers are just weird. And they're all, goalkeepers in general are just weird units. Don't seem to have any fun on their holidays. Yeah. <laughs> and don't, yeah, just don't give off the Love Island vibe. They've only ever got pictures of them training or them keeping. None of them in their wavy summary Ibiza outfits so you yeah. can't have him in there but Robert Sanchez does and, he, and he's also a handsome guy Yeah, so he'd fit right in he's a very good looking bloke alright um, <clears throat> left back uh, starting off the back four is Ben Chilwell just an absolute classic sort yeah. of lad southern yeah just ticks all the boxes yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got the fit got the music taste yeah he's yeah he's got like the perfectly manicured beard uh, yeah and yeah, just the personality. Oh yeah, personality. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, next, we've got Ben White, uh, Benny Blanco. You know, he's <laughs> mate. He's he again ticks all the boxes. Perfectly manicured beard, the piercings, the awful tattoos, uh, the ridiculously tanned body. Like, I, 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 he just like must be spending twenty four hours a day in the sunlight. Um, yeah, again, like he probably would have been one of the first names on this list. So yeah, has he got a goatee? Yeah, very. It, that's it's grown. It's grown out more now. It's like a whole beard. It's like now, like he's got this, like this bit. Like I'm, I'm showing Will Bar. Like, but he's got like traced, or like sort of like it's like a bit thicker here. Then it's like a little bit here. Then it's like uh, okay. to go to. Yeah, perfectly manicured beard. Yeah. Uh, the next one is John Stones. Very similar fit to Ben White. Probably not quite as you know, not quite as pronounced. But he's definitely he's he's got the tats. He's got the the hairstyle. Yeah, the hairstyle. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just all there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Them two are the, like, the Love Island centre-backs for sure. Yeah. Then we've got Matty Cash, who I've just remembered actually represents Poland now, but he well, he is English. <laughs> I'm pretty sure oh, he's got, I'm pretty right, sure he's got yeah. both both passports. Uh, yeah, again, very similar to Chilwell, very similar hairstyle, kind of like very similar. If you look on his Instagram, very similar vibes, you know, real sort of like, Summers and Ibiza the type of guy. Like they're all. Like, we want to have very similar descriptions for all of these players, but <laughs> but you get the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next, uh, the the sort of deeper lying midfielder. Of, of <laughs> Even though he's not, you wouldn't call him a CDM though. <laughs> um, just because the other two are way more. Um, yeah, way way further forward. Anyway, I'm digressing. <laughs> I've, yeah, I, I've heard him described as uh, the most handsome man in, in the in the EPL. I've also heard this. Yeah, uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek. Mm. I've also heard this, and I probably would agree with this as well. Yeah, yeah. he's a good looking bloke. Uh, not, not the best midfielder, but no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like six foot two, uh, drop dead gorgeous, uh, <laughs> white wavy outfits. Yeah, like yeah, again, would probably be one of the first names on this Love Island team. Manicured beard. Manicured beard. It's got like the, the waves in the hair. Like, yeah, crazy. Uh, next, we've got uh, James Madison. Again, uh, he's been, like, I wouldn't call the beard well manicured, but he's been working on it for about three years now. Um, he's got the awful tats. He's got the piercings. Um, he's the general sort of, you know, demeanor. Yeah, he's, he's, re- he's really got the general vibe, but I would say with this one, he's on the borderline of the sort of... Um, Kind of looks wise, yeah. Yeah, not, yeah. not that I want it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he's not like as handsome. Yeah. yeah no. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Hey, but just like, looking at the rest of the lads. Yeah. 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 We've picked a very good looking <laughs> eleven here. James Madison, bringing that down a little bit. You know, we're, we're so <laughs> to, Love Island is a superficial show, so we're going to be superficial. So you know, sue us. 
filling out the uh, the midfield three is Deli Alley. Um, I mean, say no more. <laughs> exactly. Till recently, didn't seem like he actually cared about football at all. Um, and yeah, just it's it's really all about looks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he got look. I mean, he's definitely got like the vibes as well. I've seen his photos from like his summers in sunny Europe, like yeah. on his Instagram. Uh, yeah, look, he even had like the bleached hair for a while. Like, yeah, he's had lots of different hairstyles actually. I think him playing for Everton's a bit of an oxymoron here, but uh, yeah. yeah, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all the stuff about him driving the driving certain cars to training last season, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, at left wing, we have uh, another one of the players who'd probably be in the first name of this team, <laughs> Jack Grealish. <laughs> he is perfect. <laughs> he is love and FC. Also to the point, like, again, this is going to sound a little bit mean, but he's just... Dumb as a doorknob, <laughs> but really funny and really yeah. outgoing and like yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got the he's got the banter on on lock. I yeah. just see the thing the other day where he's like, this guy said I had a really symmetrical face and didn't know what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I thought he was trying to mug me off, but <laughs> he's just the best. I love him. Yeah, we love Jack Grealish around here, but um, he one hundred percent would tear up the love island. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Up up front, we've got uh, Ivan Tony. I think striker was a bit of a difficult one as well mm. until we landed on Tony because yeah he, he seems like he loves a night out um, hasn't made the best all, decisions all the, in terms of running his mouth <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so he doesn't seem too clued into it all but uh, yeah yeah again yeah wavy pit wavy outfit picks um, and yeah has the demeanor of someone and he, even before like he's he's, he's 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 now cut his hair but even before when he had like the like the like the braids tied back still same vibe yeah yeah 100% and rounding out this team uh, is just another you know same like fashion and vibes is completely the same uh is Jaden Sancho uh yeah again he's got it all he's got he's got the package he's got he's got the, he's got the fashion he's got he's got the look he's got he's got looks for sure He's got the the piercings, couple couple shitty tattoos. Um, yeah, got the package. Really. Is there anyone from the north of England in this team? Ben White's, sorry, John Stones is probably the furthest because he's from like Barnsley, right? Yeah, John Stones is from the north. Um, no, yeah, that's it. Hey, just John. No, uh, I think uh, Madison and uh, and Grealish are both from the middle, but not the north. True. Oh wait, no, Sancho. Oh no, wait. I thought Sancho. Is Sancho from the Manchester Academy? No, no, he's from London. He's from he's London. From London. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so on. So just to recap, that's uh, Sancho's at the back. Cash, Stones, White, Chilwell, Ali, Loftus Cheek, Madison, Grealish, Tony, Sancho. Honorable mentions were Carl Walker. Yeah, true. Carl Walker. Rob Holding. Also, age was playing into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, they, so they kind of Carl Walker, Rob Holding. Um, Declan Rice was a close miss. Was a close miss, probably more just on looks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the banter and stuff, but he, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, I don't know. And Tammy Abraham also. Yeah, but he's recently moved away from the Premier League. So yeah, true. But he would be in there if he was still playing in the Premier League. All right, let's decide on this now. Who is captain? Who of is captain? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> For me, it's Grealish. For you, it's great. Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 the criteria is who would. Who would you be know. the best on Love Island? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah for me, it's got to be Grealish or, or Benny Blanco. It's not leadership qualities. It's got to be Grealish or Benny Blanco for me, but probably Grealish. 
I have Benny Blanco as vice captain. Yeah, Benny Blanco is close, and he's he's also elevated a little bit by the fact that you know he he doesn't seem to be that into football as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. So anyway. Jack Grealish and Ben White in the leadership group as well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll post this on our socials and um, you can have a good laugh at that. But like, yeah, feel free to disagree with us and anyone you think we've missed, but we, we've, we've given it this fair bit of thought. So. <laughs> 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 we're deliberating uh, on and off over this over the past couple of days. And we're pretty happy with it. It's a great it. team. Yeah. It's a great team. Uh, so finally now, as we've finished our um, uh, Love Island FC, is that we are announcing... Uh, less than two weeks out from the Premier League season starting, that uh, we are doing a 40-yard switch fantasy Premier League uh, league this year. Uh, we'll be posting on our Instagram uh, later this week with the the code for it. Uh, we'll probably post our teams uh, in, in our pre- uh, Premier League season preview episode next week. Um, yeah, so when you see the link. Are we doing a, a head-to-head? I was, just a league. I was just going to do a league, yeah. whoever finishes the top. So, yeah, it's uh, just going to enter your team in. It's good to, if we can get five, ten teams in. That'll be pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, we'll just see who's got, who knows the... I mean, it's not really ball knowledge, is it? It's more sort of let's not, let's not say it is because... Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantasy knowledge, but it's, it's still a level of knowledge that, you know, you need to be sort of somewhat clued in to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll breadth, be breadth of player knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that that'll be a fun little thing to keep track of um, over the season. And maybe the fact that now that we're doing it through the podcast, it might actually give us a reason to not fall off yeah. following it because that's something that can happen quite easily with fantasy. I don't think I've ever made it through a full season. I made it through attention. last year, but I dropped off paying attention for like months at a time, like twice. Yeah, yeah. It'll anyway, we'll see. Uh, so yeah, uh, forty yard switch fantasy league uh, coming in the coming days, and uh, yep. Yeah, that's been us for another week. Another week in the books. Almost an hour. God, we spent ages on Love Island. <laughs> yeah, we spent about 10 minutes on Love Island. Um, babe, I enjoyed every second. Uh, yes, but as always, if you liked what you've uh, heard, uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram, 40yardswitch.pod, and Spotify, the 40 Yard Switch. Uh, he's been Ruby. I've been Woody. Ta-ta for now. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>